0: He's a little early. Hey, hey Brian. Ken, yes. Good to see you. How are you? Come on in, come on in. Hey, this is David. Hey, David Good to see you. Good to see you. Hi. Hey, nice to meet see you. you. Come on in, please.
1: Thank
0: you. So this is it. This is a uh, nice place. Well, thank you. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we stay here all the time. We, um, we love this place. Feels like home. Cool. Um, so you're a little early.
1: Yeah, you, you know, you never know with traffic. Yeah, so. Are You're in Nashville now. I am. Okay.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's fine. Um, we're just still kind of getting set up. I was. Oh.
1: I, I don't mind I'm you being. Sorry about that. that... No, no,
0: it, it's fine. I guess um, we're we're almost ready.
1: Okay. Is everything okay?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be fine. I just I, I didn't have a chance to do my. Routine. I have this whole routine that I go through before the show, and um, I, you know, I get warmed up. And
1: nice. What, what do you do? I
0: like I do these. That's a little embarrassing. But I do these affirmations in the mirror, and and then I, I I sing in the shower. You know, I get warmed up, and it just helps kind of boost my confidence. I get a little nervous when I meet famous people or people who are super talented.
1: And well, you know what? I'm actually going to do a music video right after this. So oh, like, I could use some warming up too. So why don't we just go ahead and warm up? I'm oh. growing up together. I could go with you. That would be incredible. Okay, let's do uh, it. Let's go. All right.
0: So, come on in. This is my bathroom. Nice. Uh, I like it. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, you know, maybe okay. here's what we can do. Let's, let's make really feel like we're in the moment here. Um, this probably helps me relax. Here, let's do this. Just
1: have this Some bathrooms.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't you love you know, bathrobes? I I don't usually wear them. I, I got you. I got you. Oh. Yeah thank you very kind of you yeah this is really good i'm really feeling it now i guess with the yeah it's toasty right yeah this is actually a comfortable bathroom yeah it's no joke (laughs) now i feel i'm like on vacation
0: yeah it really (laughs) helps me kind of relax get in the moment um it's, it's nerve-wracking sometimes meeting you celebrities, you know, it's just, it gets real nervous, so. We don't have to be
1: here. Now we can, we're on the same level here, just. Oh, I
0: feel good, I feel good. Uh, so I usually do these affirmations where I'll kind of look at myself in the mirror and okay. I'll fix my hair and, and then I'll say, Brian, it's going to be a great day. Make it a great day. You're good enough, you're smart enough, and people like you. That's what I say. Nice. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Yeah. I, I love it. And then you know, I do some sort of singing in the shower, karaoke song. Um, it's corny sometimes, but I'm, You can catch me singing in my car, singing in the shower. You may not catch me in the shower, but maybe in the car. <laughs> um, and you know, helps me. Helps me feel good. What's What's
1: your song? Uh, I've been
0: listening to a lot of Post Malone lately. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sunflower. All that stuff. So I, wow. I love that guy. He's amazing.
1: <laughs> he is. He's great, actually. Very talented.
0: Now, you had a lot of success with cover songs. Um, and uh, like when you did American Idol, you did that very unforgettable Beatles song.
1: Yeah, you know, thank you. You Like the Beatles? I, I love the Beatles. Uh, are you into the Beatles? Yeah, we, we could do could, a Beatles song. We, yeah, why don't we do that? That that way something probably we both know a little better. Okay, and, I love it. Do you know uh, Hey Jude? Everybody knows. Hey Jude, do you want to do there that? There you go. That's okay. what I was thinking. Okay. So let's, let's let's do that let one. Let me
0: pull it up here. Uh, tell me if this key is okay. I'm sure whatever key will work fine. I'm sure it will too. You're David not? <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Here me, we go. David. Start.
1: Okay. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. The minute you let her under your skin, then
0: you begin to make it.
1: Not nice. uh, you okay awesome nice I feel
0: warmed up great me too this episode is brought to you by Veridesk Veridesk makes office furniture simple seriously everyone probably knows their high adjustable standard desk. I use it every day in my video production business It was really the first step to create a happier healthier me because I was sitting all the time losing circulation and standing up just feels a lot healthier. Today, Veridesk has a full line of furniture and accessories for the office or the classroom, and they make it easy to order, assemble, and change around as you need it. You really got to check them out. Just go to veridesk.com forward slash behind the brand and take a look.
1: Hi I'm David Archuleta, I'm a singer musician, and you're watching Behind the Brand with Brian Elliott. You nailed it. That was great. (laughs)
0: Hey, I'm Brian Elliott. Welcome to another edition of Behind the Brand. Today, I'm here with the incomparable David Archuleta. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. I usually ask uh, my guests, how did you get this job? How did you get here? Take me back. I want to hear the origin story. How did I get here?
1: Um, Well, uh, I started with just liking to sing, I guess. And uh, I guess that's how anything's born is through an idea or a hobby, experimenting with something. And so I started when I was six. My dad played this musical Les Miserables for me when we were moving into a new house to keep me busy. Oh, yeah. Well, and my siblings as well, but I was the one who was kept busy all day because I just kept rewinding it over. It was VHS, so I kept rewinding it over and over because I was just, I'd never seen, it was like a uh, PBS special, okay. uh, 10th anniversary of Les Miserables. And I'd never seen people perform before. And so to watch them and see their expressions and just the way their body moved as they sang, it was just totally took me, took over me. And we had a rocking chair, I flipped it upside down and I would, I pretended it was like my cast, cast seat that I was a member of the cast and I would get up when I, my part came and I would sing. And, um, and I, that happened for, I don't know how many days in a row. And so my parents were pretty intrigued by, by that because they were musicians themselves. Okay. My dad was a jazz musician, he played trumpet, and my mom was a singer as well, and she also loves to dance. She's from Central America, Honduras, so she salsa dance. They're actually in a salsa band together. My dad would play trumpet, and my mom would sing and dance. And as time went on, I just kept singing in the backyard and in the basement And my parents, um, I was super self-conscious. I didn't like people watching me. I didn't like singing in front of people very often. A
0: little camera shy then.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm still, it's funny, I'm still, I feel like that's never gone away, but I've just learned how to deal with it. But um, they had me singing and they'd invite me to come sing with them at a restaurant that they would sing at. And I was like, no. I don't want to. My dad's like, if you go, you can pick anything you want off the menu. So they were
0: gigging, like they were doing little. Yeah, things. yeah, that's cool. That's Just for fun, then.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I was like, well, I don't like being in front of people, but I, I want, I want to pick whatever I want off the menu. So yeah. <laughs> that was like a little special treat. So I would go and sing because I wanted that cheese quesadilla that I got <laughs> to order off of the Garcias restaurant menu. But um, then. Um, I, I mean, this is, a, I guess, a bit of. I'm mean, gonna keep going, but um, then, funny enough, I I got my start on American Idol, and what was kind of the next step for me was that first season of American Idol. I was 11 years old when that came out, and Kelly Clarkson was the winner of that season. And
0: American Idol, by the way, I have to make a confession, um, is one of my guilty pleasures. Um, <laughs> I love to I love to spectate, watch that show. Um, and I remember that. I remember that first season. A lot of fun. And I remember your season like super clearly too. So continue, because I'm I'm intrigued by how this the ramp up to this.
1: Yeah, um, I just you know TiVo was a new thing, mm-hmm. so I got to TiVo the episodes, and I would just watch those over and over. There was a singer Tamara Gray. She was fourth place on that season, and she sang. And I'm telling you, I'm not going from Dream Girls which I'd never heard of before until I saw her sing it. And she was just so into it. Just the way she was just so passionate. And I was just like, yeah, this is amazing. And uh, so I just kept rewinding it. And same with everyone else. I was, all these songs I'd never heard of before because my dad was so like, he was kind of snooty about pop music. He was like, jazz music is, you know, it expresses itself the way no other music can. And my mom she listened to, like, Latin music or Celine Dion and Whitney Houston. And that was about all I knew.
0: And so, so you're getting this exposure through American Idol and yeah. all these different singers. That's really
1: cool. Like Stevie Wonder songs and Aretha Franklin and all these things I just hadn't heard in growing up in Utah. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, wow. So I started singing soulful music. and That's what my heart, like, just gravitated towards, and my parents were just getting a total kick out of it because I don't, I don't, they just, I don't think they were expecting yeah, it.
0: Yeah, there's this young kid who's singing this sort of old soul-style music.
1: Yeah. yeah, so that was kind of odd, I guess, because I was so, I don't know, just it wasn't your typical combination. Yeah, but timeless though, right? The, that music's timeless. It Classic, is. yeah. It is, and, it, and I think it just, it does hit you in a way it Like, just a certain way it hits you and a part of your core. At least it did for me. And so one of my dad's employees, my dad owned his own business, selling, buying and selling stuff. And one of his employees' girlfriends heard me singing. And um, she was like, hey, there's this Jenny Jones. She watched the Jenny Jones show, this, like, talk show. Yeah. She's like, they have this Latin... Like they're looking for future Latino stars like for an episode and she's like you should have your, your son go and audition for it and so I, I don't know I just was 11 years old so I just did what my parents told me to and yeah. so they filmed me and sent it into Jenny Jones and they they had you know. me come so they, they had me come to Chicago to be on the Jenny Jones show future Latino stars <laughs> and on that same episode American Idol was still going on. So as I was learning and just taking this new show in, um, I went on to the Jenny Jones show. Like it was a quick learning. I was learning really fast. Like on the Jenny Jones show, I sang this Tamir Grace song and I'm telling you, I'm not going. And one of the people who was on American Idol was on that same show. Okay. His name was AJ Gill. He was in the top 10 and he was Hispanic. And we shared the same dressing room. And so I was pretty, I was like pretty nervous because I'm like, I've just been watching this guy on TV and now I'm sharing a, a room with him. And I was 11 years old. It was just kind of just not what I was expecting. And uh, he was like so into the fact that I was singing a song that I had watched. One of his friends, Tamara, sing on the show they were just on. And so, my, I, you know, I became friends with him from that. And then a few weeks go by and it's the finale of American Idol. And my dad, knowing that I was a huge fan of American Idol, surprised me with tickets to be at the finale. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, this is season one. This is season one. Yeah. Yeah. So I was still 11 years old and I go down and I didn't know why we were going to California. My dad said he had like some business stuff he had to do or something. And we go to this like plot Hollywood and Highland Mm -hmm. and they're having like this karaoke contest. Whoever can sing um, will get tickets to the finale. And so we go there and like at the end of it, some of the contestants from the season of American Idol come out like... There's a girl named Ryan Starr, and the person who got third place, Nikki McKibben, and my my aunt was with us. She lives in California, and so she goes up to Nikki McKibben. Like everyone's, they're just signing stuff for people, and she's like, "Hey, my my nephew is friends with AJ. Could you say hi to him for? Oh, sorry, for for could you say hi to him for for David? David Archuleta. They're on the Jenny Jones show together." And Nikki just like, goes like, she crouches down and goes like this to my aunt. And she just says, hey, you know what? Um, We don't tell a lot of people this, but we're just staying in the hotel right next door, the Renaissance Hotel. And we'll be there tomorrow at this time is our call time. Uh, And if you come at this time, um, AJ will be there and with everyone else. So you can come and say hi then. And so... I don't know why she she did that, but I feel like it was pretty. I don't know. I felt like it was a divine intervention kind of a thing. Your destiny. Yeah. So we go there the next morning, and AJ's outside, and and uh, my aunt goes up to, or I I think my dad. Maybe it was my dad, and he goes up to him and he's like, "Hey, do you remember um, David from the Jenny Jones show?" And AJ just like totally got excited. He was like what, no way, are you serious? Uh-huh. He goes up straight up to me, gives me a hug, and he just says, come here, I want you to meet Tamara. Oh,
0: that's cool.
1: And so we go, and they just have, and he's like, sing for her. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I was like, so. I was an 11 year old who didn't talk to anybody. I was super antisocial. I'd sat alone during lunchtime. During recess, I sat by myself at the end of the field. Like, I was so not social.
0: Yeah, introverted.
1: Yeah, super and and shy, too. So I was... This was just, like, so bizarre for me, being in front of all these people, getting all this attention. But I was just... You know, I just sang the song. And, and um, like, all the other contestants were there, too. So I was just like, I've been watching these people every week, and now I'm singing for them, and I'm 11 years old. But, yeah, that's cool. And uh, then... Um, When another contestant would come out from their hotel room, then they would have me sing for that person. So they're like, sing for, you have to hear this kid sing. So I was like, okay. And then Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini, the two finalists come down and everyone's like, you guys, you have to hear this kid sing. So then I sing for them. And I sing for Kelly and for Justin. And my dad got it on video too. He was taping it on his camcorder. And, um, and so I sing for them and Kelly was just like, go, go, go. <laughs> and she's like hitting me with her hoodie and stuff. So it was pretty funny. Um, awesome. and that was just, and after that happened, there are all these fans and other people in the lobby that were there. Cause it was like a big show, even that first season. Yeah. And so as, as I was there going to the finale and stuff. There were like label reps and like fans and other people who'd be. They just kept. It was like a domino effect. They kept just saying, "You were the kid who was singing in the hotel lobby. Can you sing for my friends?" Like it just became a thing that people just would say, "Could you sing on the spot for me right now?" So I just would same song, and I'm telling you, I'm not going. And um, it just kept going, and I I sang for these people in one part of the hotel. I don't. I don't know. They're just random people and all of a sudden there as I was singing they're just like turn around turn around turn around and so I turn around but I hadn't finished my song yet so I just kept singing it It was Paula Abdul and she was there with all these cameras and all these posse and I just kept singing you're gonna love me (laughs) and she just comes up and gives me a hug and she's like I'm gonna love you and um it's just weird you got discovered. That is awesome. Yeah, it, was. it was pretty crazy. And so from there, I just made... I don't know, my dad made friends. I didn't make... Because I didn't talk to anybody.
0: Yeah. He was, you know, acting, acting manager, probably. And yeah. Doing the deals and shaking hands, kissing babies, doing all that stuff.
1: Well, he was, he was just making friends with people. So one of the people he made friends with was a... She was a backup singer for Christina Aguilera, and she was auditioning for Star Search. And she said, hey, her, her name's Di- Diana, uh, Diana Gordon, Diane Gordon, sorry, Diane, Go- and she's awesome. And she said, hey, I'm going to audition for Star Search, you should come audition with me. Hmm. I was like, I don't want to audition for something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being on camera. Right. But um, when I was 12 years old, I, I went on Star Search. And I was in the kids' division for that, yeah. and I won the kids' division. And I was just kind of, I don't know, I was just kind of, I wasn't really interested in competitions. I wasn't interested in winning. I wasn't interested in being on camera. To be honest, I wasn't really even interested in singing for people. I just, I just did it just because it kept happening. But at the same time, I loved to sing. Yeah. So even though I didn't like everything going on out exterior, on the outside, I loved how I felt just inside. I felt like I was connecting to something.
0: This is such an important message and I want to underscore it because I think this is a common question I get all the time. Um, and I wonder about myself, you know, I'm, I, I think I'm still a work in progress, right? Still trying to figure it out. But the, the question is, like, how do you, how do you know, and you sort of really talked about it very specifically, which I think is perfect, but like, how do you find your passion? How do you know what you love to do? And what I'm hearing you saying is, there's signals from the very beginning, from that first Les Mis VHS tape experience, where you, you know, made your own little set and you were, you know, maybe playing the part in your mind or you were going for it. Those little signals, uh, those experiences were lighting you up, and you were, you were, you were feeling it inside, right? It's that, it's that idea. Uh, Sir Ken Robinson talks about it in his book called The Element. You know, like. Uh, fish to the water, bird to the air, you know, you're in your element when you're doing what you love and and you're great at what you do, and you're starting to get these signals early. And the other thing that I'm hearing is this message of, we make our own luck, right? That that luck is really what's the saying, you know, it's it's when opportunity meets preparation. And you'd been doing the work, right, since you were six or whatever, and you were working those five, you know, long years, even though you were young, And here you had this opportunity on this bigger stage. You're singing in front of people who could notice you and it happened, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I I think what was also really important was I had, I don't think I would have been able to do it with my personality alone. My dad actually has a reputation, like on American Idol even, they made like a big deal about him being a stage dad and how, because he's intense. So he clashed with a lot of people on my season of American Idol. But even though people didn't like how intense and passionate he was, he was passionate about me. I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't passionate about myself. And I didn't think I was talented enough to, to do music. But the fact that he was willing to say, David, go for it, go ahead and sing for these people. Because I was just like, Sometimes I'd be like, I feel awkward doing that. I don't feel comfortable. Um, I think it was important to to have someone who could balance my shyness mm-hmm. to help me get where I needed to. And um, I think it is important to take... Sometimes you don't... So many things ha- happen in our lives that we don't plan. Sometimes we're like, this is going to happen. Like I thought... I'm gonna finish school, and then I'm gonna go to high school, and then college. What you know? What yada yada, and then figure out what my career is gonna be. I didn't know I was gonna be owning, having my own business at age 17. You know, and that was I wasn't even I didn't know how to prepare for that. I wasn't planning on that. But I think sometimes you have to be willing to jump and just go for something. Like I don't know, 11 years old singing for. I didn't know I was going to be, but I went ahead and sang for them. And then Jenny Jones show. I don't, I didn't know. I, I had seen Jenny Jones show just flipping through the channels before, but I didn't think I would be on it. I it's not, I think it's just important to say, well, I never thought I would go for something like that, but why not? You know, yeah. so, so, Hey, I didn't think I'd be singing in the, The shower, or in at least the bathroom, with somebody this morning. But you know, sometimes you just go for things, even if it's like, well, never done that before. But why not? Why not try it? And I think you have to do that, even if it's like, okay, well, now I know I probably won't do that again. But but you don't know who you'll meet. Yes. You don't. There's. It's so important. Just as important as finding a passion of what you do is who you meet. Yes. Who could who could present you to an opportunity, who can introduce you to someone else. That's just as important in success and succeeding moving forward as finding something you're passionate about. David, you're
0: saying so many things that are just hitting so many chords with me. I think you're exactly right. I want to go back to, you know, your dad, your parents, your influence. I think, you know... um, I wasn't there, so I don't know what level of intensity your dad was at that time, but I, I'm a parent now. And so, um, you know, parents, sometimes we need to nudge our kids um, to convince them that they have the talent that we see in them, right? And being 11 or 15 or even 18, 20, whatever, sometimes whether it's self out or you don't feel like you're developed yet, someone who's older with, with more contextual experience or wisdom, we call it wisdom, can see you know beyond that, and so I think it's really super smart that you took his advice. Um, and I'll bet there's a lot of parents out there who are you know hoping their daughter is the starting forward on the soccer team, or or point guard, or quarterback. Uh, you know, look at Tiger Woods and his very strict ads. You know, there's just um, it's when a parent can become super involved with helping develop their kids, and it really is all about the kid. Um, the kid wins. And the other message I heard you say was, um, it's this risk-reward analysis that I think is really important to do. Um, I've heard it said before that people say, well, failure is not an option. And uh, a mentor of mine told me a long time ago, that's, that's baloney. Like Failure has to be an option. You can't have success without it. If you don't have failure, you're either hiding or you're a liar. So which one is it, right? And so you have to do this trial and error thing to figure stuff out. And um, I think you're really wise, in, you know, even in that youthful time, when you do this risk-reward analysis, which is, um, you know, we're really glad that the airline pilot doesn't take chances, right? Because if she does, we might take a nosedive, we don't get a second chance at this. Right. But like if you're singing in front of you know, your idols uh, in a hotel and then Paula Abdul happens to be behind you, you're not going to die if you slaughter the song, right? So um, it's about weighing the risk over the reward. And if you can come back and play another day, even if you fail, um, that's certainly a risk worth taking, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's interesting that you pointed out there are certain places you don't want to take risks, like with the <laughs> if you're flying a plane, unless something unexpected happens, I guess. I mean, but um, <laughs> well, yeah, you don't want to deliberately,
0: you know, let's go for it. Well, you know, there's a lot at stake here if we go for it.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's different than reacting, I think.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I do feel like um, as far as the parent thing as well. I, I feel like. It's important to have a balance because there are times where definitely, for example, I, I don't talk to my dad anymore because things got too intense. I, I talk to him every now and then, but there are actually a few years where I didn't talk to him at all. And it was because things got so, my dad's passionate, but there is a point where he got too passionate about everything that was going on. He's, he loves, he loves taking, he loves taking risks. He loves chance. He loves, um, he he loved seeing all that was going on. And uh, I, th- I did, I needed, I feel like there's definitely a reason, you know, we have our families. And I needed to have that kind of personality in my dad at the time because I was so shy. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't socialize with people in my own school. And I just, I, I think a lot of times I was a down, a really down kid. I didn't think anything was going to happen with myself. But my dad would just, he would always say, David, do you, not, do you not realize how good you are at what you are doing? And I was just like... You're weird, like. <laughs> you're, of course, you would you would say that you're my dad, but um, at, to at a certain point, he was kind of like, he, no one's as good as you are, and everyone has to understand how talented you are, and it, it, I feel like it got a little weird. Yeah. And good point. And it um, I think it got to a point where he was just kind of like, no one no one understands you the way I do. Like I need to help you and I need to be there. And so it got to the point where just like, okay, dad, I, you know, maybe my life isn't as focused on this as you are. Like I love music, but that's not what I am. That's not what defines me. I, I mean, it's a big part of me, but you know, I." There's a reason why I like singing. It isn't just to. It isn't to sing all the time, and that's not what I want to identify myself as. My one purpose, like I. I don't know. It was. Uh, it was. It was a little difficult trying to find the balance, and I never did. So I just had to disconnect myself from him for a while, and I. And American Idol was. It was an amazing experience to be myself. Like I when I was sixteen I went and auditioned and I I didn't at that point I didn't think I, I told you about Star Search, like I, I went and did all this I was just like, Oh well, it seems like people are I guess I really could do something with music. I I was constantly I mean not, I wasn't just constantly battling, like, maybe arguing with my dad. One of the biggest reasons I argued with my dad is because I didn't believe him. I didn't believe that I was actually good enough to make a career out of this. And I feel like I had a lot of, up to this point, I, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of lack of confidence, a lot of just this constant nagging voice saying, you can't do this, you're not good enough, you can never do this maybe you you were lucky enough to get this far but that was just luck you don't have you don't have the skills to be successful you don't have the skills to keep moving forward you don't have you don't know how to make good decisions and just all of that It's so hard yeah so i i think i needed someone as stubborn as my dad to say yes you can and you're gonna do it because i most of our arguments is like dad I'm not good enough. These other people are better than me. They want it more than I do. I, I don't want it. What's the point? I. But um. Do you think that was a function
0: of your age? I mean, you're still a teenager, still figuring stuff out, and even backing it up to like age 11, when you sort of you know got the first launch point. I mean, all of that must have been super overwhelming if you were already a shy kid to begin with, and then you know basically your dad kicks you out of the nest and you have to fly or hit the ground hard. Yeah. Um, and maybe you did a little bit of both, but do you think that's a, it was a function of that, just that time in your life where your, your mind was still developing and you were you know, immature, you didn't have much wisdom, life experience? Or is it an ongoing struggle?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's just something I've always dealt with. Yeah. It's never gone away, but I've learned now I have experience something I didn't have when I was 11 or 12 where I can say, wow, these thoughts come and I I used to just believe them. I'm just like, I'm just going to stay here. I'm not going to amount to anything. Like, I still get those thoughts now. I'm 28 now. And I I still get those thoughts just like a few days ago. I was like, I have to get all this out of my head. It's like constantly just good for nothing, good for nothing, worthless. Uh, And I'm like, this reminds, like, it. I was thinking, I'm like, I felt like this always, but I've gotten, but yet I've managed to get this far. So I was like, what's the difference Is I, from when I was 11 or 12 and now is that I know that these voices, they're not, even though they feel like they're so real and so true, it's it's not the case always. Because even when I thought I was... Good for nothing and wasn't going to be able to do anything. I did, like, American Idol was hard. I and to have millions of people watching every week to get to, to second place into the finale. You should have won it, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> David was great,
0: all right. but great, but um, I think he got a little bit of the sympathy vote for that particular episode. Didn't didn't he have a health issue, or maybe it was his family had a health issue?
1: Yeah, he he had a brother who's yeah. Yeah, he was going through a lot and had cancer and passed yeah. away actually. So that was really hard. It was a hard it was a hard season.
0: Yeah. And I you think. were younger, he was older.
1: I mean, no, it, yeah, it was Yeah, it was hard. I think it was hard for that it's not easy to be on a reality TV show yeah. and to have family issues going on and then you still have to be happy and still be on and saying I'm so I'm so glad I'm here <laughs> when it's like all this stuff all these issues are going on at home and yeah. I'm dealing with all just this stuff. The tears. Yeah, and and it is an amazing experience and you are grateful for it. But at the s- same time, it's just like how do you cope with millions of people's attention? It's it's just something you don't expect you ex- you assume is supposed to be a great thing, but it's something you have no idea how to handle and you. So it's just, it's an interesting place to be. But, um, well, I'm so glad that you shared that, actually. And um, we
0: were talking off camera about Haley Williams from Paramore, and she kind of talked about the same thing. Uh, we called it imposter syndrome. Hmm. When you think you, you know, you're an imposter, and at some point someone's going to figure it out, and then you're not going to get to do what you want to do anymore. Hmm. Um, she talked about that. And I, I hear threads of that in what you're you're telling me. And, and I can tell you from personal experience, too, whether it's, you know, I feel like I'm in the struggle right now. Like, every single day sometimes is a street fight um, with myself, right? I'm just battling um, negative thoughts, or I manufacture things, anxiety that it doesn't exist, you know, start worrying about something that may never happen. That's a complete waste of energy, I know, but yet, here I am again, you know, uh, it's Thursday morning, it's like, I'm so glad that you shared that because I think mental health and the ability to talk about it in a very healthy, um, open way is so important because we are not alone, are we? I think there's a lot of other people who are having similar challenges.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's easy to get frustrated with yourself because usually when people say like mental health or if it's anxiety or depression, I think a lot of times people look at it as something that you should be able to change Or you should be able to think your way out of it. And so, and I think I've gotten stuck in that way of thinking as well. It's like, I shouldn't be thinking this way. This is so ridiculous. It's so dumb. David, you should be better than this. And I think it's something that I guess now also, it's something I've had all my life. So it's, it's also something that it's like, you know, sometimes you just have to learn how to deal deal and put up with something Yeah,
0: you just and, to dance
1: with it yeah dance with it I feel like a lot of my music a lot of my passion for for music has come from this from this struggle with whatever I'm feeling and thinking inside a lot of music brings me relief to a lot of what I have to deal with inside and I don't think I would love music so much if it didn't give me so much of the relief from all that negativity and whatever it is that i have to fight with
0: let me ask you this what advice and and i i'm really glad you said that because music is healing for me too i'm not a musician um you know i sing in the shower but it is healing to me too whether i'm listening to it or if i'm just you know singing in my car singing in my shower it's i can't quite put my finger on why it's so healing but it is Uh, what advice would you give to other people, because um, my wife and I have this standing joke. It's called the funny face, and the funny face is if you're like having a hard day, or you're going through something bad. Uh, one of us, you know, ironically now because we understand each other, will say, "Oh, come on, just put a smile on your face. You know, just just be happy, right?" And I wish it were that easy. Like when I'm feeling really down, or if I'm having a hard day, I wish it were that easy just to flip the switch and just oh. You're right i should just be happy but it's not that way and so what advice would you give to other people who may not understand what depression feels like or anxiety feels like what should they say to you when you're having a tough time
1: um snap
0: out of it is not one of them
1: um i don't know i think it's to be honest i feel like it's different for each person because well let's talk about you then just for you because i think sometimes it just depends on the day because sometimes i don't want to be told anything i just want i don't want to (laughs) i'm just like so moody i don't want to even talk about it sure other times i'm just like i I think i do want to pick me up like come on let's go because it distracts me sometimes i soak so much into i'm like woe is me, I'm like feeling so much of this, and it's so easy to just let it just spiral. Mm-hmm. And if someone, maybe not mention it, but just be like, hey, let's go for a run. Hey, I've, I, let's go to the rock wall, and let's do some rock climbing. Or, um, hey, let's go swimming. Or just, um, I saw this movie. Just something that helps just to distract.
0: Yeah. Nothing you, just kind of being there for you. Yeah, and maybe an activity.
1: Yeah, so that's that's something I think is good. Other times it is, it's like I just need to vent because I don't know why I feel this way, and I think I'm judging myself for the way I'm feeling too. So it's like I don't want to talk about what I'm feeling because I'm I shouldn't be feeling this way, and I'm judging myself for it. But sometimes it's just like. I need to just vent and be like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I feel down. I can't get out of bed. I know I have a lot of things to get done today. Like just a few days ago, I'm like, I know I have to get up for an interview. I just don't want to do it. Maybe I should just cancel it. I know I'm supposed to go to the studio and record. I think I'm just going to not show up. I just don't feel like doing anything at all. And I just, and it's just like, and I, in those moments, I think I wait. It's like not until last minute where I'm just like, okay, David, you could from experience you know that you don't want to do this i just have to it's like i have to tell repeat to myself like maybe 15 times 20 times you can get out just go see if you and i eventually i'm just i finally listen to myself i'm like okay and i don't know how to describe it it's almost like you have a body ache like you have the flu or something yeah. like You just feel so drained and loss of energy but it's not all over your body it's like for me it's like concentrated in my stomach or something Mm -hmm. it's just like one part of my body it's not like this pain all over it's but it's enough to keep you feeling like i don't feel like doing anything at all i just feel like i need to just sleep and ignore everything and but it's i have to fight it anyway i'm just like okay get up and sometimes I'm just like, oh, I got out of bed. I'm so proud of myself. Good, go, go David, go you. Because there's some days I just don't. There have been times where I just don't get up. And maybe it is depression. I've never been, I've never been diagnosed with anything. But I know all of my other siblings have been. So maybe I'm just in denial right now. <laughs> but it's like, I just get so annoyed by it. I'm like, I don't want to think that I have something that is crippling me. But maybe I am totally in denial right now. But... I, I just, I, some of my siblings have taken some, some medication. Uh, one of my sisters though, she's like, you know, I took it. It made me feel so off, but it, she, I don't know. it motiv- I don't know. I don't know. She, she doesn't take medication right now and yeah. she's doing really well. Yeah. And I think I just, I don't want to have to think, I don't want to think that I have to take medication to be happy. And I know it, It's like one of my other sisters, she's like, it made such a huge difference for me. She's like, I feel like I'm a different person now. I'm able to get up because she had the same problem. She wasn't able to get out of bed. And I'm like, what's wrong? Like, why can't we get out of bed? Like, we know one day we're like up every day. And all of a sudden the week hits and it's like, like I don't even know what to say. Like, I just can't get up and I'm not going to. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm not... I'm just not going to and you feel so like it's you're like you're in a capsule like you're like a mummy like you can't move mm-hmm. and so it's like I don't know why that happens but then the, the then like maybe a couple weeks go by and then I'm like okay it's gone oh that's weird well again
0: I'm really glad that you're sharing this because you know I think all of us can relate um, and you're right we all we are all different I've had dark times some darker than others ups and downs, uh, you know, this journey that I'm on as an entrepreneur, running this production company, doing this show, it's it's like being on a roller coaster. And I think probably the hardest thing, because I've gotten somewhat used to it, uh, I've learned to dance with it, uh, is taking my family on this roller coaster ride. And it, they don't always love, you know, um, when it's a really tough time. But um, I think it's important that we talk about these issues. And I know you had a single that came out a couple months ago right um yeah I want to talk about themes because you've been dancing around the word paralyzed
1: yeah (laughs) um and that
0: happens to be the title of the song right yeah um is Uh, is, was that sort of the inspiration for that
1: yeah I feel like a lot of the songs I've written are about this just my mood and it's and I get annoyed sometimes because I was like I was thinking about it just the other day I'm like I'm Normally, like a happy person, like people usually know me for smiling a lot or yeah. being pretty positive or being spiritual, religious, whatever. And and um, a lot of my songs are about my, how frustrated I am. I feel paralyzed and I can't move. And I know I should. And that's not just physically. I mean, I, I was talking about the physical aspect, the mental aspect, but But um, it, it's more of a thought process. Like, I want to do well in life. I want to succeed. I want to make a difference I want to to look back on my work and say like you know I've worked hard and even now I want to be hopeful for my future I want to be hopeful for right now that I'm going to keep going and there are just those but a lot of times these thoughts come like an opportunity comes I'm like I should talk to that person or maybe I can collaborate with this this person and this artist or I should upload this video and and a lot of times I say no I tell myself no and then the opportunity goes, and I'm just like, why did I do that? What could have happened if I took that? And so then I say, next time, I'm, I'm not going to miss that. I'm going to go for it, and then I don't again. Yes. Re- regret is the worst, right? Oh, yeah, I hate it. But then I, and I'm like, so why do I allow myself to have so many regrets? You know, I, I, I like watching these people who are like, no regrets, yeah, I just go for it. And even if I fail, I did to try- and I'm like, why did I play it safe? Why did I not go for something? Because now I'll never know. Or I could have, like, what would have happened if I just went for it? Even if the other person was interested, saying like, hey, I want to work with you. I'm like, oh, cool. And I don't, I don't do anything about it. And so Paralyze is about saying, I should have gone for it. Or like, I, I wait and I think when I really know what I need to do. And... I want to but there's something in me it's like I'm paralyzed it's like I can't move and I have no idea why I can't I'm like what's going on like what's wrong and it's like I've let I've allowed those negative thoughts to become the master to 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 be the one in charge and I'm like why why have I how did I allow myself to get this far that those negative thoughts that are usually liars and they're, they are liars. But yeah, let's, let's talk about that. It's always a lie, right? Yeah. Fear is a liar. Yeah. Yeah, there's... What is that? Who sings? Zach? What? There's a guy who's... I think his name is Zach Williams. He has a song called Fear is a Liar. But, um, but, I, but I listen anyway. And I get so frustrated. I'm like, why do I listen to you? And Paralyze is kind of about that, where it's like... I've listened to you way too much and I'm paralyzed and this is frustrating, but this is a battle. And why is it a battle? It's because I'm fighting against you now. Like I've had enough of you, you negative thoughts and holding me back that I'm going to fight you. And what's hard is it is a real fight because you get worn out because it gets really loud. And they say, ha ha, ha, you, you can't do this. I've worn you out. I'm still here. Yeah. You've been fighting, but I'm still here, and it's just like so frustrating. But it's, but at the same time, paralyzed is about saying, okay, I'm I'm pretty worn out from this, but I'm still fighting. Like I'm not giving up, and I'm moving. Ha 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 ha. Like uh, I'm moving forward, and yeah, then this, and then the feeling comes, and I suddenly like get, it's like I get a jolt, it's like someone shocks me, and I get paralyzed again. I can't move. Um, I'm a huge pokemon fan there's like <laughs> there's this move called thunder wave and it paralyzes and so every now and then like it makes you so that you can't move
0: it's like oh
1: like i had my i had my move ready and i was gonna knock you out and yeah. make you faint and everything but it like it's it paralyzed you and so you couldn't move that turn yeah. but anyway um it, it feels like that where it's like my, on my turn to fight yeah like i have my move ready and everything and i just can't move at least that turn but I feel like the battle is not over and so my goal is to say it happens and there are gonna be moves where I do get paralyzed which which sucks but it's not gonna be every turn I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep making my move and I'm gonna keep moving forward and I've I've made m- movement maybe it's not at the pace that I've wanted it to be yeah. but at least I'm not staying put and sitting in my, laying in my bed all day like it tells me to all the time, so.